Yeah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. Namai, harimai, tiwaru atapu. Harimai, harimai, harimai. Ma te kingi e ikraiti e whakakiki ti kaha me te ihi o te waru atapu. Come, Lord, King Jesus, and the power and the strength of your Holy Spirit come upon each man, woman, and child in this whare. We honor your presence. Amen. You may be seated. Kia ora koutou, kia ora koutou, kia ora koutou katoa. Nga mihi o te whare o whatua o Turanganui e Kiwa. Kia koutou, kia koutou. On behalf of Jess and myself, I bring you greetings from House of Breakthrough Tairawhiti. And uh, it is an honor for me and a privilege for me and Jess to be speaking in your house this morning. It's a great honor. Because 14 years ago, we came down here uh, to some services you were having and, and just gleaned and saw what you were doing. And we were so inspired by what this church was doing, by your passion, uh, by your example, by your love for God, your love for your community and what you were doing in the community. The impact you were having left an indelible imprint on my heart. And I went back to Gizzy with you in my mind, with you in our hearts, and uh, just excited and inspired by what we could do for Gisborne. If you guys could do what you're doing down here, and we could do that also in Gisborne. So you guys are legends. This church is legendary. You have made incredible impact in this area, Hawke's Bay, and uh, done some wonderful things. And your pastor, you know, he's not a pastor. He's an apostle. But, you know, that's a term you give him in the house. But he's an apostle, and uh, he's a legend. And uh, you know, to, to sit under uh, his ministry is such an honor. And we've been trying for, for ages to try and get him to come up to Gizzy and do some meetings up there. And we've got him hooked in now for November this year. Uh, but to be in this house that, that you know, of a great man of God and his dear wife, it's, it's just an honor for us today. So I um, really hope you appreciate what you've got here. You've, you have got an apostle leading a leadership, an apostolic leadership over this house. And it enables this church to break through and go to dimensions in the realm of the spirit that you just can't get without apostolic leadership. And so, you know, you make sure you appreciate him, look after him, love him and his wife because, you know, you need him and he needs you. And together we can do something great for the kingdom in our time in history. So it's an honor to be here. Awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I'm preaching tonight on revolutionaries in, in, the, um, revolutionaries in the war zone. And um, I'm just going to testify about some of the things God used me in and I want to give away what I carry. In, in the sense of impartation. Uh, I want to prophesy over the musos tonight uh, as well. I just see something on you guys. It's just fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. So Winston Churchill once said, history will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. History will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. I believe he was saying that we can determine our future and we can determine our past by what we do with our today. Yeah, we can determine our future and we can determine our past by what we do with our today. Everyone say today today. And so God has given us today. This is the day the Lord has made. Every day is a day of new opportunities and, and, and new, uh, new realms and new dimensions that we can walk into. It's a matter of choice where we choose to step into what God is doing for us. Matthew 5.14, Jesus says to you, Bay City Outreach Center, you are the light of the world. A city set upon a hill cannot be hidden. And the prophetic word I have for you the word from the Lord I have for you, Bay City Outreach Center, is that if you can picture a hill in the middle of Gisborne, uh, middle of Hastings, sorry. So, uh, Tairafidi's in my heart, sorry. But, and we're East Coast, we're Whanau. 
But during the, imagine a, a hill in the middle of Hastings and the church is on top like a lighthouse. I want you to catch that picture. You know, keep that thought. <clears throat> in um, Gisborne, there's a hill called Kaiti Hill. Now, wherever you go in Gisborne, if you go to uh, any suburb in Gisborne, if you look up, you'll see Kaiti Hill. It doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in, you'll look up, you'll see Kaiti Hill. doesn't matter what street, if you look up, you'll see Kaiti Hill. And I believe God is positioning, getting Bay City Outreach Center. He's positioning you to bring you into a place of far greater prominence and influence than this church has ever had in its history before. That He is positioning you to bring you to a place where you'll be like a city set upon a hill. Where it doesn't matter what suburb of Hastings you're in, Bay City Outreach Center is having some form of influence in that suburb. It doesn't matter what neighborhood in Hastings, Bay City Outreach Center is having some form of kingdom prominence in that, inf- in that, in that street, in that neighborhood. Neighborhood. It doesn't matter whether it's the north side or the south side, the east side or the west side, Bay City Outreach Center, wherever you are in the city, you're going to have some form of ministry influence, kingdom ministry influence into the realms of the social, the economic, and the spiritual dimensions of this city. I'm prophesying to you. Am I in the right church this morning? Yeah. Uh, speaking to the right people. Yeah. Cool. I, I'm glad about that. Because I was here this morning and uh, shared the same message and the right people are here too, so that's wonderful. You're sure you're not just the same people? Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, you look much more beautiful than the first lot. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't, tell the, didn't say that to them either. <laughs> and so, a bit of papa. Me and Jess are from Omaru, North Otago. That's in the South Island. Anyone know where the South Island is? Great. You're a very intelligent people. It's a mainland. <laughs> anyway, we're from a town called Omaru. We're born and raised there. My mother's from Kerry Kerry. She moved to the South Island, met my father. I was raised in Ngāti Pākehā. And... Um, I was. And, um, but God called us to go to Gisborne 18 years ago now. Well, 20 years ago I had the trance, but in 18 years ago we moved to Gisborne to plant a church to a city we'd never been to in our life. We didn't know a soul. We didn't know anybody up there, but we knew the call of God was upon us to do something in this city, in Gisborne. And our first services, we had morning and, and evening services straight away. We had 31 in the morning and 36 people at night, which was an absolute miracle, seeing we didn't know anybody. Uh, four years later, we had 500 in attendance in just our morning service. And this wasn't new Christ- uh, Christians from other churches, church hopping, playing musical cheers from musical churches. This was 95, uh, 90% of them are straight raw converts, straight out of the streets, ex-druggies, gang members, prostitutes, uh, alcoholics, and there were a few functional people as well, which was really helpful <laughs> for the balance of the church. And uh, I remember the church was born and birthed in the fire and the power of God. I don't know anything than the fire of God, the power of God. The gospel is always confirmed with signs and wonders following. And one of the first miracles was a girl. She came to us and she came from the doctor. She said, I have AIDS. It's been diagnosed and confirmed. I also have hepatitis A. She had lumps sticking out of her body. Her skin was yellow. She asked for prayer. We prayed for her. And uh, within about 10 minutes, the power of God was upon her. And she said, I I know I'm healed. I'm healed. She went away. Three weeks later, she got a, uh, went to the doctors and to get a re-examination, and the doctor brought in another specialist. He says, I must have misdiagnosed because I can't find any trace of the uh, hepatitis. I can't find any trace of the AIDS. I can't find any trace. There's no lumps in your bodies. She's alive and well to this day. She was the first miracle. Significant miracle. And as a result of that, word started going around that there's a church in town where there's miracles taking, where the presence of Jesus is healing people. Another lady came and sat in one of our services. She wasn't even a believer, but she had cancer of the womb. This was Sunday morning. And uh, Monday morning, she was scheduled to get a womb cut out at the hospital. And so she was sitting there, and she said, uh, and testified later on, she felt a power come into her stomach. And she didn't know what that was. She left, went to the hospital the next morning. 
the doctor uh, did a prelim uh, x-rays and some more examinations before he operated and he says I can't find any trace of the cancer in you so he sent her home a few months later she started swelling in the stomach she went back says the cancer's come back all the swellings come back so the doctor examined her says it's not cancer you're pregnant she's got two healthy children well healthy children today now Miracle after miracle, we've had miracles after miracles, and I'm, I'm talking about hundreds of miracles, not just healings, miracles that God did. And uh, for the first 10 years in Gisborne, it was just revival, signs and wonders taking place, cancers dissolving, Granny comes to church with crutches over her shoulder, uh, uh, under her arms, sorry, like this, the power of God hits her, she falls over, gets up and walks and puts the crutches over, over her shoulder, walks home. The father said, Nan, what happened to you? Oh, I've been to that, hey, hey, you want to go down there, there's some good stuff. So next thing, the whole whanau's there, and they all get saved that I mean, there are just 61 people saved in 21 weeks. That just I just led to the Lord, let alone the ones getting saved in the house. I mean, it's it just, don't tell me this, this nation doesn't want Jesus. This nation's wide open for Jesus. Anyway, um, but since that time, and I tell you, signs and wonders can draw a crowd, but they don't build a church. And although we had a big church and a big impact, it was a dysfunctional mess. And God doesn't want to bring socially dysfunctional people into a spiritually dysfunctional church. He loves them too much. He wants to bring socially dysfunctional people into a functional house of God where they can be restored and they can be recovered and they can find prosperity and help and hope again in their lives. Not a bunch of uh, nitpicking, gossiping, backbiting Christians that are, you know, don't like to say they love God but they hate one another. So, not saying, And this isn't that type of church. I'm telling you that. This is an amazing church. Um, and so... Over that time, we've seen generational cycles of poverty and dysfunction and addictions broken. We've seen families and marriages healed and restored, families brought back together again, broken hearts restored, and people who are once were the problems are now solutions to our city. We started, uh, in the last five years, at least 20 businesses have started just from our church, from people in the house, believing in God, believing in themselves. And uh, to this day, we're establishing an education ministry, uh, our own uh, ministry of housing, ministry of uh, justice, ministry of reconciliation, ministry of business, ministry of, uh, of um, um, education. We've got seven ministries that we're developing anyway for long-term spiritual, social, and economic uh, reformation for the East Coast. Not just for my generation, but for our children and our children's children. So the vision of our house is not just for our time in history, it's for the time in history of those to follow us. And you've got to have a vision bigger than your yourself. If your vision is only for you and for today, it's not from God, I'm telling you that. It's not a God vision. It's too small. It's too pathetic. God's vision is for generations to come. He's, it's for your children and your children's children. So God is positioning this church. He's seeking to position you to begin to think like that in a whole new realm, and a whole new dimension that what you are building in your life and in this church is not just for today. It's for tomorrow and the, and the decades to come afterwards. And it's building something of significance that is going to keep and maintain a kingdom influence on the city of, of Hastings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're, we're in training now. We're training people. They're getting diplomas, degrees, and qualifications. We're positioning ourselves for kingdom invasion of the East Coast. And I don't mean we're going to turn everyone into Christians, but we're going to bring a greater kingdom influence into the social sector, into the political sector, into the education sector, into the justice sector, into, the, into every sector, into the uh, uh, media, into, uh, oh, we're in training, we're in training, and training. See, kingdom invasion doesn't just happen. You've got to plan for it. Success doesn't just happen. You've got to plan for it. We are today where we are today because we planned for it yesterday. And history will be kind to us if we learn to use our today for tomorrow. Amen. And so uh, we've got a DVD I want to play, and we're ready to play that. And this is uh, the national media got hold of what we're doing, heard what we're doing in the uh, early 90s. And um, 
with gang members and so forth. And we're not just we're not just a gang church, but that's the media. And so uh, they they made a couple of documentaries, national documentaries, and uh, put us on national television for free, great advertising, and in close up and an assignment program. And it won uh, the uh, the national award, uh, uh, New Zealand National Documentary Award in New York. And uh, not not because of us, but. Yeah, we, we, were, we were part of it, so it was an honor. So could we show that now? Show the gang one and number two, House of Breakthrough. Thank you. Brett Kamel, research by Dominic Andre. This is our youth pastor. change your appearance, would you? No. Then I'd become one of you. And I saw uh, lots and lots of walkers, war canoes. And as I was hovering over the canoes looking down, the Lord said that the, the canoes are to be filled and that when I was to come to Gisborne, that he was going to raise up warriors by his spirit out of the earth. Norm McLeod, a former Omaru freezing worker turned pastor, came to Gisborne in 1990 with a dream that became a vision. The work of the Gisborne Elam Church among former members of the mongrel mob has become something of a phenomenon. Well, I've been here, been with the Lord for four months. I should have done it 40 years ago. <laughs> well, I was gaining nothing out of it, and I saw a lot of hurt. You're making some progress now. Number two. the shimmering silver waters of Poverty Bay. Upon the waters were many waka moving into the city. The Spirit of God said to me, you will go to Gisborne and raise up a warrior people who will use Christ's ways to release great blessing upon Tairawhiti. is starting to take place. The new day is breaking forth in Tairawhiti in the lives of thousands of people.
just to give you a bit of an idea about what, what we're doing, who we are, and that's only a small glimpse, that, that last DVD, we produced a DVD with uh, the testimonies of five people in the church that have overcome some of the major social problems up there, such as uh, sexual abuse, uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, violence. And uh, these guys share their testimony in a documentary form, a non-churchy form, a documentary form on this DVD. We've also got kabahaka and rap and different things. And uh, the idea is to get a DVD into every household on the East Coast. You know, if they're not going to come to church, we're going to take church to them, but show that what church really is about, that, you know, that there's answers and solutions. And so um, there's 11,000 households on the coast. We've got a um, DVD into 6,000 of them so far. And every week we're handing out between 40 and 50, and we're strategically going street by street, neighborhood by neighborhood and going to cover a whole neighborhood. That's one of the ways that we're reaching out with a relevant form, the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 47, 47, and it's about the temple on the east. It's about the church, about Bay City Outreach Center on the east coast. And we read, a man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple. Now, you understand the symbolism. Water is the, the presence of the Holy Spirit, it's, uh, and the river it speaks of uh, life-giving ministries. The temple speaks of the house. So you, we're all there on the same page? Yeah? Cool. So I've been given this word for you. It's a prophetic word for you. I know it's the temple that Ezekiel saw, but for you in, in the prophetic time of this, uh, of this time, for this church, it's about you. In verse 3, the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand. He measured off a thousand cubits, and then he led me through water that was, to, was ankle deep. Would you say ankle deep? Okay. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. Say knee deep. Okay. And he measured off another thousand, and now it was a river I could not cross because, of, because of water was up to the... No, sorry. He led me through a thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. Say to the waist. Okay, what we're, what we're seeing here is we're seeing a church. We're seeing Bay City Outreach Center. And there's life-giving ministries flowing out of this church. And you're flowing out into the community, and you're making an impact. Some of it is to ankle deep, though. And, and that's just scratching the surface. It's not getting to the root issues of the social dysfunction and the economic dysfunction of the city. But it, it's doing something, thank God. There's some churches that are dry as deserts. There's nothing flowing out of them but dust. But out of this house, there's a river, and it's flowing. There's rivers, life-giving ministries with a, a depth ankle deep. There are other ministries in this church that are flowing out to a depth, what I'd say, knee deep. And, and you're helping restore people, helping them to walk again, and that's wonderful. But God's positioning you and preparing you to be a church where the rivers that come out of this church, the life-giving rivers, are going to flow to, not just to the waste, but going to be a mighty great river where you're going to sweep the streets and sweep through the neighborhoods of this, of this city and bring healing and reformation and restoration to lives, to marriages, to families, to bring social and economic impact in a way that has never been made in the history of any church in this region before. You have not walked this way before. Don't think, oh, we've heard this before. You haven't heard this before. You haven't been there before. This is a new thing God is doing. He doesn't say, I do an old thing. He says, behold, I do a new thing. And you can't live today in 2009 the same way you lived in 2008. Because where God has taken you is from glory to glory, from dimension to dimension. And he has positioned you to be like a church set upon a hill. A church, a city set upon a hill. And your light and the life-giving ministry rivers are going to flow and touch every suburb of Hastings. And throughout the Hawke's Bay, I see you invading Napier. I do. I see you invading Napier. 
And I see and hear sounds coming out of this church. I hear songs coming out of this house that haven't even been written yet because they're in the spirit of the, of the writers. Every revolution has songs. There's always revolutionary songs with every revolution. Oh, I can't say too much. We're going to do that tonight. Hallelujah. And so Bay City Outreach, get ready because God wants to use you to touch the entertainment world. He wants you to invade the industrial and business sector. He wants you to invade the media world. He wants you to invade the sporting world. He wants you to invade, have kingdom effect and influence in the entertainment sector even. Are you ready for that? Are you up for it? Okay. Now, you want to build a church like that? Yeah? Some of you? Five of you do. Sweet. <laughs> Well, there has to be a mindset change first. There has to be a mindset change. Before there's any uh, uh, significant increase in productivity, whether it's a business, whether it's a sporting group, or whether it's a church, before there's any significant change and increase in productivity, there has to be a mindset change. The mindset has to change. You can't be a 10-cow business if you only got a one-cow mentality. You can't be a 10-hungy business, bro, if you only got a one-hungy mentality. You can't act like a professional if you think like an amateur. With every new move, every new level, a uh, new productive level, a significant production, an increase, there has to be a mental change. There has to be a mind change first. There has to be a mind shift. And God is seeking to uh, bring this church into a position to, of alignment with Him and Heaven's plans for the Hastings. Not our plans, but Heaven's plan. That means you have to align our mindsets with God's mindsets. Amen? You know, in the Old Testament, the Moses generation, they came out of Egypt. Remember that? And uh, I don't know, you weren't there, I wasn't there, but you remember reading about that. They came out of Egypt, a system of slavery for 400 years, 430 years. They were conditioned to think like slaves. And when they came out of that system of slavery under Moses, they left the system of slavery, but they didn't leave their slave mentality behind. They carried the slave mentality. And I tell you, slaves can't set slaves free. Only kings, warrior kings can set slaves free. And so they came out with a slave mentality and they came to the Canaan, the promised land, a place where God was positioning them to enter in, a place of greater prominence, greater influence, just where you are, just where this church is, a place where God wants to bring you into of greater prominence, of greater influence. And they came to this place, but they couldn't enter in because they saw the giants and says, we can't take it, it's too big for us. See, systems don't enslave you, mindsets enslave and their slave mentality stopped them from entering in. So God had to raise up another generation called the Joshua generation. Under a new leadership and a new form, they thought differently. When they saw obstacles, mm -mm, Moses' generation, slave mentality saw obstacles. Kingdom generation saw opportunities. The Moses, the slave mentality saw stumbling blocks. But the kingdom mentality saw stepping stones. The slave mentality saw breakdown. But the kingdom intends to break through. This is a new generation, a new generation. God is raising you up even as a new generation in this church to break through. There has to be a mindset change. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 13, it says, I will make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. In order to enter into the new dimension realm as a church, you have to start thinking like the head and not the tail. You have to start having an above mentality, not a beneath mentality. Oh, the swine flu. Oh, the recession. Oh, under the circumstances, we're doing the best that we can. No, we're teaching our people, let's reign in this season. Let's our businesses prosper. Let's break. There's opportunities to make money. You know, you've got to be wise. You've got to be sensible. But at the same time, we haven't got the spirit of the world. We've got a spirit of takeover. Hallelujah. You're in the right, I'm in the right church. 
So the good news for you is that I know you have a kingdom mentality. You do have a kingdom mentality. Bay City Outreach said that you have been taught and groomed over the years by your pastors, by your apostle, and he's sown into you kingdom mentality, kingdom concepts, kingdom principles. You know, the only thing of any value on the earth are the things that are highly valued in heaven. And the thing that's highly valued in heaven is love for God. I love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus says, pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Meaning the same way we should love God in heaven when we go to heaven should be the same way we love him today on the earth, yeah? And so would you love God with half a heart or all of your heart? All. We said you mean to do that here on the earth too. And the second command is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so if you want to build a kingdom church, a church that, is, that is, goes beyond the next level, that is significant in this city, and that God can use to fulfill His will, to bring reformation to the entire Hawke's Bay area, to cause the rivers of life to flow into every street, to every neighborhood, to every man, every woman, and every child, to rescue the lost and the, and the, and the suffering humanity. If you want to build that sort of church, well, do you? How many wants to build that sort of church? Awesome, awesome. Well, do you know what? What's the building material of the church? Look at the person next to you. That's the building material. <laughs> Say hello, brick. <laughs> if you're a visitor and you're not a brick, please don't be offended. The quality of the building is determined by the quality of the building material. And so if I built a building out of crappy material, then I'm going to build a crappy building. But if I build a building out of high-quality material, I'm going to have a high-quality building. You are the building material of the church. God is building His house out of you. You are living stones, He says, building a spiritual house for a habitation for God. Haggai 1.8, He says, build me a house I take pleasure in. Now, I, got, I know God takes pleasure in this house. I know He does. His favor is upon this place. However, having said that, you can't stay where you are. You've got to live today as if you've done nothing. You've got to live today as if your ministries have done nothing for this city. You've got to think, well, what can we do to change this city? What can we do to change society for God and for King and, and for glory? What can we do? Well, the first thing you do, you can take personal responsibility in building this as a first-rate church for Jesus yeah. at a higher level. Now, <laughs> you're the building material of the house. The quality of your life determines the quality of this church. The quality of life that you serve God with through the week is the quality of this church. Because when you come together on Sunday, it's a gathering of people. And if we all give God our best through the week when we come together, it's a house He takes pleasure in. You watch, you won't even need to pray for the anointing. And our church people just walk in the door and get healed. People just sit down on seats and they, arthritis leaves them. People just come up the front crying. No one's even spoken to them about Jesus because God's presence is there. I know His presence is here there, but there's omnipresence and there's manifest presence. I don't want just the omnipresence where it's, you know, it's there by faith. I want the manifest presence where you just walk in and you get hit by the presence of God. That's the manifest presence. And that should be normal. People should walk in and know surely God's in this place. So to develop that, we've had to teach our people, let's build a great church. Not a great church. Who wants to build a great church? Okay. Jesus says, if you want to be great, you must be servant to all. So greatness and serving are synonymous. If you want to build a great church, then serve the house with the best. Give this church the best. Say, but I serve God, not church. If you serve Jesus, you'll serve his church because he's only building one thing. It's not your ministry or my ministry. He's building his church. He says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So unless the Lord builds a house, they that build it labor in vain. And so let's build God a church the way he wants it built, according to his pattern.
And this is a pattern, that it's going to be a church the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Unfortunately, most churches, the gates of hell are already in the church. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And so, and so if you want to build a great church, you're going to be great servants. Great servants. And if you're not serving in the house, if you just come along and you just suck up everything you can get and you get the anointing and you get the, I mean, the anointing, I mean, you just suck up the anointing and you get taught and you love it and you're, oh, pastor, prophesy, pray for me and, and you're loving it. That's wonderful, but it's, it comes a time when you've got to sow back. It comes because you're going to get sick of just taking because sooner or later you're just going to be a bludger. And this nation's already got a generation of bludgers on the dole system. We don't want spiritual bludgery coming into the kingdom. Yeah. And so what you sow is what you reap. Don't be mocked, God says. Don't, I'm not mocked. What a man sows is what he reap. If you give nothing to the house, you're going to get nothing back. And you're going to leave this church disgruntled. Someone came to me one time and says, oh, this church is a very loving pastor about our church. I says, yeah, well, how many people have you said hello to this morning in the church? And over the last month, how many people have you invited home for a meal or for a cup of coffee? None. I says, this church is as loving as you. Take personal responsibility. Stop moaning about the church and change it by changing yourself. See, it's not for the leadership to change, it's for everyone to change. And so, you know, if you want to give God your best, you don't want to give God your second best. In heaven, you'll give your best. I mean, if you call time to go to church in heaven, you're going to be there late. So how come Christians rock up late to church on Sunday? Is that giving God the best? If Jesus himself is here, you'd, I'd, I'd be there. I'd tell up here, don't come on time, come before time. Honor God with your presence before time. Honor the ministers of God that are here before time. Don't rock in when you feel like it. You wouldn't do that in heaven, would you? Nah. Well, you're giving second best on the earth. What about serving in the house? Do you give your best? Oh, it's a chore. I just got to, you know, I got to music tonight. And I got to go to the meeting tonight. Prayer tonight. Oh, I'd go along. You, would you do that in heaven? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. This is the kingdom. This is bring the kingdom. Don't talk about it. We, we bring it. So you give your best to the house group. You give your best to your servant ministry. Not second best. It's not just in church. Christianity is not just Sunday. It's every day of the week. It's 24-7. It's a lifestyle. It's the way we live our lives. Behind closed doors and in open, in before open doors. And so give your best to your husband. Give your best to your wife. Young men, young women. <laughs> give your best to mum and dad. Honor them. Show them honor. Show them respect. You might you say, oh, I love Jesus, and you're, you're loving God at church, and you're loving the youth work, and blah, 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 blah. But your room's a pigsty, and mum's always moaning for you to pick up your clothes, and dad's always saying, hey, why don't you come home when I Give your best. Don't talk about loving God with all your heart. Do it. Do it. See, you want to build a great church? Well, the, 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 the quality of this church is determined by the quality of the building material. You are the building material of the church. You can take this church to a whole new level from this day on by no longer giving second best to the house, no longer giving second best in serving in the house, no longer giving second best to your husband, your wife, your children, your parents, no longer giving second best to your boss, turning up late and, fin and clocking off early. Don't live like that. What sort of witness and, uh, and glory do we bring Jesus when we live like that? We give our best. I tell my workmates, you go to my work uh, people in the house, you go to work early, clock off late, give, you know, don't even expect to be paid for the extra you do, just do it for the glory. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all for the glory of God. That's just true Christianity. And they do. And we get, they get pay rises, they get uh, wage increases. In fact, if you know you've been giving your boss the best over the last couple of years, and you've been giving 101%, this week ask for a pay rise. I I'm serious, ask for a pay rise.
to say, boss, uh, I'm considering, would you consider giving me a pay rise? I guarantee you some of you next are going to come, so I've got a pay rise. I've got an increase. It happens all the time in our house. And, I, and I, tell, I tell our guys, if you live like that, ask for a pay rise. Ask and you shall. Yeah, they're going to give it to you unless you ask. Be the head, not the tail. Think above, not beneath. If you're giving your best, expect the best back and ask for a pay rise. And we always get a dozen people who got a pay rise this week or got a job promotion this week because God's favor comes upon that. See, God loves us all, but he doesn't bless us all. Love is unconditional. But blessing is conditional. Deuteronomy 28.1, if you listen to me and walk in my ways and hearken to my statutes, basically you obey me. He says, I'll bless you. These blessings will come upon you and overtake you. You don't obey me, he says, you get cursed. If you stand under the shower, you get wet. Yeah? You step out of the shower, you get dry. What moved, you or the shower? You. Shower's still pouring out. You can position yourself under God. You can live in alignment under God and walk in his ways and give 100% best that his blessings will just keep pouring on you. you. You you give God your second best. He said, well, where's all the blessings? Well, he still loves you, but you ain't going to get blessed because blessing is consequential. Blessing is not a reward. Blessing is a consequence of giving God your best. And when we taught our people to live like this, our counseling uh, load went down by 70%. People no longer needed counsel. They didn't need to come see pastor to, to, to help, uh, fix up their marriage. Husbands just... You know, sucked it up and, and began to show some kindness to their wives instead of asking, telling me trying to tell them. Parents began to look after their children instead of coming and being told to do it. They bought this before God. I want to give God, I want to give you my best. How should I be? He says, well, love your kids. You get enough teaching in the house how to be a good parent, how to be a good husband, wife. Put it into practice what you hear. Am I talking to somebody here? Oh, and so moving on, coming to an end. <clears throat> When the church is on a hill, its waters flow down. Water flows down, not, not up. And as you're a city on a hill, the life-giving ministries that are going to flow out of this church are going to go in a greater depth and a greater level than you have ever known. I'm telling young people, oh, I, what I, I see media, I see, I see music, I see the sporting world, I see the business sectors, I see the industrial sector. I see huge doors of opportunity opening up to you. But you better be positioned. You better be ready. Because whether you're ready or not, this is coming. I'm telling you, it's like a wave. The tide's coming. And whether you're ready or not, Bay City Outreach Center, this is coming. This is coming to this city. God is coming to this city to do something. He's just looking for volunteers. He's looking for people to move for vessels that can, he can use to do it. And if you want to be the people who do it, he'll use you. Whether I do it or not in Gizzi, he said, if, if, he said to me, I'm not, he said to me, Norm, you're not my first choice. <laughs> what we're doing in Tairafid, he says, I'm not his first choice. He said, others were called to do what you're called to do, but they didn't do it. And so he says, you, in your time in history, you stand in, in, in this position yourself under what I want to do. Your, my dream, not yours, and I'll do it. But if you don't, I'll find someone else. See, in the days of Esther, he said to Esther, listen, for such a time as this, you're brought into the kingdom. But if you don't, do what you're called to do in your time in history. He said, deliverance for the Jews will come from another quarter, but it's going to come, whether you like it or not. Deliverance is coming to this city. For God has called you, Bay City Outreach Center, to be part of it. Amen. Hallelujah. So if this is the type of church you want to build, let's build a church of quality, of giving God the best. And it starts with giving God the best. And if you feel in your heart you've been convicted, oh, yes, Lord. Now, there's a wind blowing across the room now. It's a spirit wind, but it's, it's physical. You can feel it. There's a wind. 
Some of you will feel literally blowing on your face. It's not a fan. It's not man-made. This is the wind of the Spirit. This message is usually confirmed with signs and wonders of such a matter. Some of you will be mm, smelling a beautiful fragrance, like someone walked past with a beautiful alloys and myrrh and cassia on them. Mm, that's the presence of Jesus. Some of you, you feel like there's oil flowing down your hands on the top of your head. Some of you, there's heat at the back of your neck right now, as I see angels opening up their wings. And some of you, there's, mm, there's heat in your hands. There's heat in your feet. And all these are signs, and just some signs, supernatural signs, confirming certain things that he's calling certain people to. I'm going to call you forward in a minute. But all that to say, I hope you've got the message. God wants to pour out his spirit upon this city. He wants to restore and heal this city. Mm-hmm. See, I've got a ministry and anointing that can heal and touch a couple of hundred people. But there's 30,000 in my city. We need an unlimited flow. And so when I join my anointing and, you, and, and my brothers and sisters, join, we join our anointings and our ministries together and we strategically, with unity and synergy, pour out our, our ministries with a, strate- a strategy to reach our city, to invade the city for the glory of God and His kingdom, ah, we have an unlimited flow. I don't know how many hundreds of people a week we are reaching. I have no idea, but it's in the hundreds a week that we're reaching, whether we're feeding children breakfast that don't get breakfast or helping mongrel mob or helping gang members or helping business people uh, rise up out of, in the cells, we're in the prisons, we're in the hospital, we're in, we're in the streets, we're, we're, we're with the daycare centers, we're with the young children, we're with mum's support, we're all, and, and we're just, I consider we're only an ankle depth anointing church. That's what I consider. I want to get up to the waist depth where people are able to move in a new direction. A whole community is able to move and to rise up, no longer be cripples. I want to get to the level where it's a life-giving river, where it's not only flowing through us, it's flowing out to our towns around us. It's flowing out to other nations around us. Hallelujah. This anointing is powerful. And uh, there, there's something that God wants to, he wants to, he wants to rest that upon this church. And I saw the anointing coming down on this church before I came down here a couple of weeks ago. It's like a, it's like a shroud. <laughs> like a mist. And then as it gets lower, it, pieces of the anointing just falls on its people. And it's, it's actually cut out to your shape. But it's actually not cut out to your physical shape. It's cut out to the character of Jesus. And it, it will descend upon faithful, loyal, committed Christians. That's the only people, that's the only, it'll only fit those sort of Christians. Yeah. It's God, it's just unusual, but it'll only fall upon those who are carrying the characteristics of Christ. Because the Holy Spirit will glorify me, Jesus says, not you. And so your life got to be one where it's glorifying God, giving Him first, not second best or third best. And it's going to descend upon you. It's going to descend upon this whole church as a corporate congregation. Amen? And so if you feel that, uh, that the Holy Spirit is convicting you, that you've only been giving second best to God in your, in your life, Maybe you've only been giving second best even coming to church. You just rock up whenever you feel like it. You you wouldn't do that in heaven. Don't do it on the earth. Help build this to be a greater church than what it is. If you're only serving and giving second best in your ministry, and it's just a chore, you've lost your first love. A sacred attitude brings you into a sacred presence. But a familiar attitude, an attitude of, of, of familiarity, you'll miss it all. Renew your vows to God and give your best to the house. Give your best to your ministry. Give your best to your husband, your wife, your family, your children. Give your best to mum and dad. Give your best to your boss. Give your best to your neighborhood. Give your best. That's Christianity in action. That's loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor because your love for God should be expressed through your love for your neighbor. If you don't love your neighbor and aren't showing them honor, respect, and integrity and dignity, then everything we say to God, how much we love him, is a lot of crap. 
It stinks. In, uh, in India, I, I, I've got favor with the Muslim leaders, the communist leaders, and the Hindu leaders in the town that I'm working in. These are, these are people who kill Christians. But I went there, I said, I come in the name of the Lord, and I, I'm preaching about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God embraces your children and my children, not just us. I'm not preaching the kingdom of churchianity, the kingdom of the, the gospel of the kingdom. And I said that my God wants to provide education and health and, and a better future for your children, whether you're Muslim, Hindu, or communist. And I've never, ever heard a preacher say that before. And they were like this. And I kept prophesying. And then I prophesied over them. I says, I come from the, the city that sees the dawn of a new day before any other nation in the earth. I've come to tell you as a prophet that God has called you. He wants you as a leader in the community to bring the dawn of a new day for your children, for your Hindu children, your communist children, your Muslim children. And God wants to bring a new day for you. And we shall work together. We'll help you educate. We'll help you build houses for your people. And their arms go down. And they humble themselves and they bow their head and they allow me to pray for them. Just the other day, the Muslim legislator got voted in. He gave 750 New Zealand dollars to our church over there to provide speaker sound system so our guys could go and preach to his Hindu people in the villages. This is a, Muslim, this is a Hindu. Uh, we have a communist leader. He hands out uh, school books in, in to, to our school children. At our, at our, he officiates at some of our, our church meetings, a communist leader. And the Muslims. That's the gospel of the kingdom. Man, this city is waiting to hear the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah, you don't put barriers up, or oh, you're a gay, or you're a gangy, or you're a this, or you're a that. They're people that Jesus died for. They're unworthy. Thank God he came for the unworthy. Because if he didn't come for the unworthy, you wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be here. And so in closing, there's been a season of natural dryness and drought around this region for a few years now. And when a drought breaks, there's an abundance of water. There's about to come an abundance of water because there's been a spiritual drought in this area for the last several years. But there's about to be a breaking of that. The sound of abundant water is on its way. It's on its way. And some people, they just want to dance in the rain when the rain comes. But farmers are smarter than that. Farmers build irrigation ditches and guttering. So they catch the rain and it flows in a constructive manner to their harvest. So they can water the halves and cause the harvest to grow. But the fool will just dance in the rain, singing in the rain. And, and, and avail them to nothing. Listen, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is the rain of God. It's, it's already in the house, but it's about to increase in this house. It's about to pour out in abundance. But some Christians just want to dance in the rain. Some Christians just want to stay in the anointing. They just want to get visions and dreams. And they want more prayer. And they want more revelation. And they want more anointing. And they want more and then more and more. And they're oinking, oinking the anointing. They're just big, fat, spiritual pigs. And they just want the blessing of God while on the back step humanity is dying. The anointing is not just for the church. The anointing is for the lost. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon Bay City Outreach Center to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the broken heart, to set the captives free and proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. The anointing is to flow out of the house in Ezekiel's temple. It was to flow out of the house and touch their community, their city and their nation at greater and greater depths than has ever seen before. The anointing of the Holy Spirit will bring spiritual, social and economic reformation to Hawke's Bay. If it's got willing vessels who are willing to give their best God says I will flow through you so your pastors have been given revelation by God to build irrigation ministries that combining together a unity and a synergy in this house so that your anointings together will become an unlimited flow you must have unity you've got to have one mind, one heart, one voice don't be one, one of these charismaniacs who still just wants the anointing for themselves the anointing is for the lost the anointing is to break the yoke of the poor and the deaf and the blind Hallelujah. 
What will history say of this church? Will it say, I was glad, I'm glad this church existed because of you. My family and my children have a better hope and a better future now. Churchill said, history will be kind to me for I intend to write it. We can determine our past and our future by what we do with our today. Right now, would you stand, please? If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never always thought about being a Christian but haven't become one, you'd like to give your life to Jesus. This morning, I'd love you to come down the front and talk to one of the pastors, and they will pray with you and lead you to Christ. But I'm not calling, I'm calling the church this morning. While every eye is closed, every head is bowed. Can you see, would you please see this church as a city on a hill? Can you see the glory of God, the favor of God upon you? Can you see as you as that church and there's life-giving ministries flowing in abundance out of the gates of this house on the east? And the favor and the blessing of God is upon it. And you are part of it. You're a living stone. But listen, if the Holy Spirit has shown you and convicted you that you've only been given your second best, even coming to church on Sunday and you just come late, you wouldn't do that in heaven, my brother, sister. You, would you call that your best? If you feel that you haven't been, you've only been giving second best to your ministry and serving in the house, you've only been giving second best in your marriage, your family, you're only giving second best in your workplace. And this morning you want to repent, you want to give your best, you want to help build a house that God takes pleasure in in a whole new way. It starts with you. It starts with taking personal responsibility as a living stone of the house. And if you feel you need to repent of that and, and give God the best, I want to invite you just to step out of your seat right now and come down the front. I'm not going to lay hands on you, but I'm just going to invite you. This is something you need to do before you and God. This church is at a, at a crossroads. You are at a defining moment right now, and God is doing his recruiting. He is here. There's a revolution about to start, and he's doing his recruiting. He wants revolutionaries for his war zone. And if you feel that you haven't been giving your best and that you're convicted in your heart this morning through this message that you've only been giving second best to God, to church, to your marriage, to your family, then no my heart in my, just come out of your seat right now. Just stand on the front. Very quickly, very quickly, right now. Just come. Some of you will feel the wind blowing upon you right now. I'm going to tell you that's the wind of destiny. That's the wind of destiny. You're like a boat in the, in the, in the harbor and your sail's down and uh, you're in the shallow places and you've been there for a long time in the shallow places and God destined you to be in the deep places but you haven't lifted up your sail. The sail speaks of your heart and I see this picture of a boat in the harbor and the sail is down but another boat goes past that boat and it's got its sail up and it's got a new momentum because the wind of destiny it's caught the wind of destiny and it's flowing out and, and moving out into the depths there's some of you say God will you use me listen will you lift your heart to God will you give him second best will you give him third best his wind can't catch you destiny won't flow into your life if you live like that for Jesus on the earth but if you'll lift your heart this morning I'm going to give God my best this is a defining moment for the church it's a defining moment for me I give my best Lord and you come forward right now. You come forward right now. And you lift up your heart to God. You lift it up to Him. You let Him fill your heart with His dream for Hastings. Let Him fill your heart with His dream for the people of Hastings and for the destiny of this city and for the vision of this church. Let Him fill your heart with His dream. And it will give you a new momentum. And you'll move out of the shallows into the deeper places of God. You'll become part of that city that's set upon a hill. You'll become that temple that rivers flow out. Can I lead you in this prayer? Lord Jesus, forgive me for the times I've given second best. The times I've been familiar instead of sacred. 
Forgive me, God. This morning, I dedicate myself, my best. Only my best is good enough. You didn't hold back your own life. You didn't give me second best. You gave your best for me. Forgive me, Jesus, for the blood you shed, the pain you endured, the sorrow you carried. Oh, forgive me, God. I repent before you. Receive me again. Give me a second chance. I choose to give my best to you, Lord, to my house, to my marriage and family, my parents, my workplace, my neighborhood, my fellow man. Use me as your vessel and ambassador of your kingdom. You just lift your hands up now. Father, thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit pouring out upon these dear ones. Some of you are feeling oil on your fingers, oil on the back of your neck. God's saying, I've anointed your hands to serve me. I've anointed your feet to go to places where you don't even know you're going yet. But if you allow me to train, equip, disciple you, then I will send you forth. For distant shores are calling some of you. Distant nations are calling you. Distant areas and distant places are calling this church. And some of you are feeling extreme heat burning through your feet, through your hands. He said, I'm empowering you that you would be a flame of fire for me or my ministers a flame of fire. I'm empowering you with power to be a witness for me. Witness means martyr. This is in a sense an altar call for dead people. Die to yourself and live for me, he says. Some of you are smelling the fragrance of Jesus. He says, you will be the fragrance of my son, Jesus. You'll bring life with this death and blessing with this curse. You'll bring breakthrough with this breakdown and, and success with this failure. I will take you into the deep places, my son. I'm going to take you to the deep places, my daughter. Allow me to build you into my house. Hallelujah. must connect your anointing to a cause you're only using your anointing to bless yourself it's about to dry up but you connect your anointing to the cause of Christ to the kingdom and to this house the rivers will flow again the first love will be restored because you get your focus off yourself and you focus on the things God is focused on and you value the things on earth that he values in heaven Connect your anointing to the cause. Submit your anointing to the house. Submit your anointing to the apostle of this house and to the vision that God has for this house. And you will find the rivers will flow together. And there will be great joy in the house and in the city.